0: Welcome to the KVB Review Podcast and this is another episode of our Insight 2024 series of conversations with industry leaders. At a time when the economic outlook is uncertain at best, what lessons can we learn from 2023 and what are the educated guesses about what may happen in 2024? Where are the opportunities? Where are the pitfalls? And where will we be in a year's time? In this episode, we're talking to Alex Ainge from Syncly, a company that has had a very eventful 2023 after the mergers of CompuSoft and Virtual Worlds. So we'll be asking him about, among other things, where technology will go in 2024. But first... Yes, we're hearing from Syncly today. And if you want to find out more about Syncly, its full portfolio of products, and how it puts the user and customer front and centre, then go along to Syncly.com. That's C-Y-N. C-L-Y And I'll put that link in the episode description where you will also find links through to our other special Sinkly podcasts we did back in the summer. And it's a very Merry Christmas to Alex Ainge from Sinkly. Hello, Alex. Hi, Andrew, and a Merry Christmas
1: to you and the KBB review team from all of us at Sinkley.
0: Very, that is very kind of you. Thank you. We'll be expecting all of our presents down our chimney. Now, let's start, Alex, by running through your job title, because you know how much I love it and how much I think you should be head of acronyms at Sinkley. So hit me with it.
1: One second. I just need to check my email. Sorry, I can even get it correct. Uh, so Senior Director, Head of KBF Retail Sales for the SMB and mid market for Europe, Middle East and Africa.
0: Oh, see, that's a gift that keeps on giving right there. It's amazing. What a job title that is. That's just one side of your CV so look thank you for sparing us a little bit of of time today obviously you can tell by your job title that you're a busy guy with lots of responsibility so we'll keep this nice and short Uh, we'll basically pick your brains that's what we're going to do and I want to start by looking back at 2023 to begin with because it's been an eventful year for everyone but for you and simply it's been a total change so give us your assessment of 2023 and how you're viewing it as we approach this last few weeks
1: 2023, as uh, many people will have experienced, has had its challenges, but also lots of positives. Within the last 12 to 13 months, we launched our brand new company name, Syncly, and we have been proactively positioning our new branding across all key markets. And a lot of effort has gone into bringing our assets under one roof. So you imagine so many people were used to, many of the business names that we have under our umbrella. So getting people to understand that we're no longer CompuSoft or 2020 or Virtual Worlds, that we are now Syncly, is uh, quite a challenge, but we're, we're well on track to, to getting this out there into the
0: market. Yeah, it's been a very exciting time for you as well, I think, because of all those things. That's that consolidation that happens, bringing people together, bringing teams together. And especially with sort of software development, like as you do, there's a lot of creativity going on there. There's a lot of blue sky thinking happening. And to bring all those skills together must be really exciting. There has. And we have lots of
1: key initiatives that we're looking to launch throughout. The next 12 to 18 months that our customers can really uh, get excited about. And one of our key driving factors for this year was to position our Flex and Virtual Worlds products as our best in class. And this has proved a very positive move for the, the customers throughout the UK. They know where our direction lies and there's lots of, as you say, creative ideas that are coming to the forefront that are going
0: to improve our customers' experiences. Okay, so very exciting 2023. Let's jump into 2024. What's your overview of how you think the next 12 months might play out, both for Syncly and for the industry as a whole?
1: Yes, so we've seen this uh, trend in sustainability. Consumers become more aware of the environmental impacts of their choices. They're looking for kitchen and bathroom products that are eco-friendly, energy efficient and durable. And one thing that uh, we've seen a lot of excitement about across Europe was our digital price book format for manufacturers, which is enabling them to provide rather than the the big manuals that have to be pr- printed. They're providing this in a digital format direct to customers, which means that they can easily update models and, and prices. And hopefully, we will see this trend
0: continue into the UK uh, next year. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how things like that are moving forward all the time. Uh, and, I, and I like how There seems to be a much more joined up thinking between suppliers, between guys like you, the customers and and retailers as well. There's less disjointedness in the flow of information, I think, than there has ever been.
1: Yeah, and this could be seen as our Netflix moment. You know, consumers were used for many years to receiving a DVD in the post and then they flipped their business model onto the full digitization And and this is hopefully something that our industry can embrace as as we move forward and uh, look to replace some of the less sustainable ways of working uh, with um, a more future-proofed
0: facility. I love Alex. So that really makes me feel incredibly old. That you start at getting DVDs in the post—that's where you start. For me, it's going down to the, the video shop and getting Conan the Barbarian out on VHS. So uh, I love the fact that that's where your, start, your starting bid is. That just shows how old I am. Thank you very much.
1: That's only if it was available as well. Not forgetting
0: <laughs> that pain that we all used to go through. Well, if you couldn't get Conan the Barbarian, it was trading places every single time. <laughs> right. Look, there's there's a lot of stuff happening in the world. The South of everyone 's control, so what do you think are the the macroeconomic things that you 're looking out for that might affect this sector and your company the most?
1: Yeah, this is a, a very interesting question. We recently publicly announced our perspective on the importance of artificial intelligence solutions for the home improvement industry, and we set about building a, a team of experts to implement our strategy. Uh, which should begin to see the fruits of our labor through 2024. And we focused on three key principles. The power of AI is unlocked with data. So training, optimizing AI models is all about the quantity and quality of data available. sinclair 's deep repository of data and content, drawn from years of industry-leading service, provides a unique advantage as a foundation for AI-enabled capabilities. The second principle is that the power of AI is in specific applications. So this means the most valuable AI models leverage recent advances in technology to create vertical solutions that are specific to an industry and use case. So Synclis' engineering capability is deep industry focus and the digitization of core business processes provide opportunities to train AI models that deliver unique insights and superior outcomes. And the third principle is one of high importance. The power of AI should be harnessed responsibly. So bringing AI to life requires the technical ability to deliver and also the values to act responsibly. Sinkly follows the highest standards on safety and security to guide the largest engineering team in the market.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting that you've chosen AI there because it is obviously a very de thing to discuss at the moment. There was a recent uh, summit that the Prime Minister had organised. I think artificial intelligence is the word of the year, I think, as uh, defined by the dictionary. I love it. I th- I'm so fascinated by it, and I'm really interested to see what you know what your kind of developments there come up with. Do you think that at grassroots level, at the showroom level, that there's probably a bit of PR to be done around AI, the benefits of it rather than the negatives of it? Certainly. Uh, and of course with such initiatives like ai
1: and the the buzz of ai there, there are also areas where it can be open to misinterpretation you could say or, or misuse i think we need to educate the market with the positives that it can bring in terms of driving efficiencies within business uh, as i mentioned uh, a moment ago like using And harnessing the the quality of data that we have available to really
0: improve the user experience but also the the end consumer experience. Someone's got to design the kitchens and bathrooms inside the matrix Alex that could be you. (laughs) (laughs) All right so we've got AI there where are the other opportunities for you in 2024 do you think AI I think is a long tail game although it's racing along all the time what what are your sort of short-term opportunities do you think?
1: So that's a a great question, Andrew. And the the answer would be the power of API. So many of the users may, may be scratching their heads thinking, what, what is API? Well, API uh, is an application programming interface. And this is a solution for two or more computer programs to communicate with each other. So it's a, a type of software interface offering a service to other pieces of software. And where this is really important, you think of a showroom, they're using multiple softwares from different providers. And we have our enterprise API, which enables our carefully selected third party partners to seamlessly integrate with our Flex platform. So this provides a seamless customer experience, reducing duplication of data, and capturing a clear view that help drives informed business decisions so this is certainly something that we're seeing uh, our customers ask for particularly the the medium to large size businesses where they're using erp solutions accounting systems being able to link
0: all of them together for, for one source of truth right so what we're talking about here is basically plugging everything into everything else Yes. <laughs> so, so it's like an enormous multi-plug socket that you have behind the telly, and everything can plug into one thing and it all works seamlessly. Hopefully. But that's what I love about this, and I do like the way that Sinclair approached it this way. That Yes, there's lots of very impressive technological MacGuffins happening behind the scenes, but you're doing everything from the user's perspective. You, you're trying to make their lives easier by doing all this stuff behind the screen that they don't really need to understand how it works.
1: That's exactly the point. And by doing this, it just makes everyone's life so much easier. They're not having to duplicate
0: information on multiple systems. It's there at the click of a button. And they won't even notice that you've done all this hard work. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's the plan anyway. One thing we do know that's happening in 2024 is a general election. And that can always have a huge repercussions on people who run businesses. So what do you want to see in those party manifestos?
1: Now you're putting me on the spot. Do I have to think like a politician?
0: <laughs> oh, please don't do that. Yeah. I'm asking you to think rationally and sensibly, Alex.
1: I will try. So what immediately springs to my mind in regards to my good colleague over at BIKBBI, Damien Walters, given the distinct lack of tradespeople and design professionals coming into our industry, we need to see a manifesto that incentivizes business to attract, train, and maintain talent. I come at this from a view that the government recently released an educational data set for last year and it showed that 8.4% of individuals aged 16 to 18 were were not in education or employment or any type of training course. That's quite
0: a considerable amount of talent there that should be utilised. Yeah, that's a really important practical point, I think, encouraging a next-generational enthusiasm for anything, I think, is the government does have a role to play in that kind of thing, I think. And certainly for this industry, that needs to be where the focus lies. And having these pathways, they call them, don't they, which is a very good way of describing them, is something that can be set up in a very sort of centralised way. So I think that's a very good choice.
1: I think the challenge as well is having role models for our sector. I can't really imagine many... 14, 15, 16 year olds going into the speak with a career advisor and saying, I want to be a kitchen fitter. And how many of those people would even know what book matching a veneer even means? So I think we have a responsibility and I feel like the government has a responsibility as well
0: to to bring this to the forefront of their agenda. Well, let's, tr- let's try and uh, summarise uh, all, the, all the things we're saying here a little bit. We're in December now, everyone's planning for 2024, and I'm sure they're way ahead in, in terms of their order books and everything else. But if you were an independent KBB retailer, the, the all-important figures that we always talk about, what would be top of your list for planning for 2024? What would be the first thing that you wrote down?
1: Okay, well, the first thing that I would write down would most likely be um, preparing the attendance of KBB 2024. This is an opportunity to see the best of our local industry under one roof, uh, and should really be a priority for every retailer. We've seen a slowdown over recent years, but this is really the perfect occasion to see the latest innovations, design trends, and importantly, meet with colleagues and key
0: stakeholders across our sector and share ideas. That is a very good one to put on there. There's nothing like face-to-face, those kind of conversations that you can have, and you just don't know what kind of opportunities are going to present themselves to you in those conversations. I, th- I do think that's really, really important.
1: When people go there, they have that that realisation that, you know, we're all in this together, to, to, to come back to your government uh, question previously. Yeah, there's a real... Nice buzz and energy, and yeah, you know, I, I really love that experience of the KBB. I always feel mentally exhausted coming away, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's a great show. I would fully recommend everyone to to make the effort to go for at least one day.
0: Well, I would heartily endorse that. Right, let's finish this off. Let's let's bookend this properly with a very simple question that doesn't have an easy answer. Because I think New Year's always present opportunity. You know, that's what resolutions are all about when New Year's happen. You know, it's what you plan to do, how you can make the most of it, no matter what's happening around you. If you could sum up the biggest opportunity for retailers in one word, what would it be and why? I would go
1: with the word mindset. So we're currently living in a world full of chaos, negativity, economic downturn, but we have a choice Do we participate in possible recessions or economic downturns? Do do we allow ourselves to be consumed by negative influences? Or do we stand tall and look at the opportunity presented and work towards achieving our goals? And this has to start with an intention. The intention to do something differently. Take yourself away from your comfort blanket and form new habits. I see this all the time where the intentions are always there the latest diet fad, the the fitness regime. But as the year draws to a close, we just naturally tend to slip into our old ways. How often do we talk about energy management, proactively taking yourself away from the constraints of the business? This can have a huge positive impact on productivity. It frees up your mind to make conscious and rational decisions. So for me, mindset is the one thing that we have in our control. I mean, I can give an example here. I had a realisation that I'd I'd formed this habit of watching the news regularly and and listening to it on the radio. And I took the decision to stop listening and watching the news because I found it was having a a highly negative impact um, on on the start of my day, the, the end of the day. And by doing that, this initial intention quickly formed into a positive habit and it's allowed me to begin my day in a much more positive way by just listening to music on the the way to the office as an example so this is all about mindset if you allow yourself to be consumed by the negativity then it's it's a very dark place so if you can take a step back and focus on the positive things in life the things that are within your control that would be
0: my recommendation the, the biggest opportunity is mindset. Well, that's that's a fantastic way of summing it up, Alex. Yeah, that personal growth element of it is, is really interesting, and and I think particularly for a lot of uh, of independent retailers, the business is their own. They are the, they they run it themselves. They, it's probably a family affair in some way. And so, mindset is incredibly important because you have so, literally so much invested in it. Look, thank you so much for your time, uh, and I really think we should have some kind of Alex Ainge Positivity playlist that we should share. <laughs> that you have in your car look it's as interesting and insightful as always is talking to you i know we'll be talking about ai in particular for (laughs) for many years to come but all that's left for me to say is merry christmas and a happy new year
1: thank you andrew merry christmas and a happy new year to you and the team